Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And I love what God orders, He pays for. God was going to make him the first king, even though he wouldn't be a very good example. God was going to give him everything that he needed. So what God orders, he pays for. He's not going to send Saul into this reign of being a king and having to face armies and battles without being equipped by God. And I love that about God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today we learn that because God called Saul to be king, God gave him signs to build confidence in the work of the Lord. God did not want Saul to doubt his calling later, so he gave him a lot of confirmation. As always, anything God calls us to do is for his glory and no one else, and he will equip us with all that we need. The Apostle Paul wrote in the letter to the Philippians in chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now let's open our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 10 and follow along with Pastor Rob. And and he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God descending and descending upon the Son of Man. And so... Nathaniel was so blown away because he, Jesus knew exactly where he was before he saw him coming, and he knew exactly what he was probably reading or thinking about while he was meditating there at that place, and that is why we have such a, a, a really um, amazing response from Nathaniel. He's like, truly, you're the Son of God. If you know that, that means that you're omniscient. And certainly even the Son of God, Jesus Christ, using a word of knowledge here, because he is the incarnate word of God, tells him. But let's go into verse 2 here in our text. And this is the first sign, if you will, that Samuel gave to Saul. Notice, he's given him advance notice of what's going to happen tomorrow. Go buy your lottery tickets. (laughs) Let me give you the numbers ahead of time. Can you imagine? I'm really glad the Lord doesn't do that because we'd be in a mess. He, he knows that. That's why he wouldn't do such a thing. But notice, when you have departed, this is the first sign. When you have departed from me today, Saul, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say to you, the donkeys which you went looking for have been found. And that must have been a great ease to Saul knowing that those donkeys were important to his father. And now your father is he's caring about the donkeys and is worried about you. I think it's interesting that, again, God used these donkeys and their loss temporarily to bring about this chance meeting 
with Samuel. And really, there is no such thing as chance in the Word. In our lives as Christians, there's no such thing as coincidence. I don't believe it. I believe there's God incidences. I believe it's God's sovereign providence that he allowed these donkeys to be lost. And Samuel has to make a little trip, and he has to run into Samuel. And Samuel's the one whom God told the day before, there's going to come a man, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. I would encourage you to read Psalm 139 tonight as you consider what we're reading tonight. It'll really encourage you to know that God is outside of everything. And I love David's heart. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I make my bed on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You can't hide from God. Some people think they can turn off the lights or they can go someplace in the darkness and God won't see them. We have this little area in the back of the building here where at night we people like to go back there and park. And they think that nobody's watching. But we have cameras around the whole building. And it's amazing how many times over the years, even before the cameras, so many crazy, illegal things happen all around, you know, and, and it's just crazy. But notice in verse 3, the second sign, he goes on, he says, Then you shall go forward from there, and you'll come to the terebinth tree at, of Tabor. And there are three men, notice, not two, but three men, Going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats and another carrying three loaves of bread and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread and, and, uh, which you shall receive from their hands. And so now, uh, on their journey, they're going to be fed and they're going to have something to drink, which is, I'm sure is very refreshing. Again, Samuel using that gift of a word of wisdom that God had given to him. And notice verse 6. This is really wonderful. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Will come upon you. I would underline that if I were you. Underline the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And what's going to happen? You will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And I, I love this because God gave to Saul everything that he needed to be a leader and a warrior. Having been anointed by Samuel already, there are certain things that he's going to need. He's going to need the power. He's going to need to have the strength from the Spirit of God. Any person getting in any kind of leadership like that and thinks they can do it with just their natural strength is fooling themselves. I believe that leaders are, are called. They're, they're made by God. You don't go to school to become a leader. It's something that God does in you. You can't fake it. You can try. But it's a calling that God places upon an individual. And I love what God orders, he pays for. God was going to make him the first king, even though he wouldn't be a very good example. God was going to give him everything that he needed. So what God orders, he pays for. He's not going to send Saul into this reign of being a king and having to face armies and battles without being equipped by God. And I love that about God. He's just so good like that. He equips. In your life, he has equipped you to do certain things that you're involved in right now. He's equipped you to be a nurse. He's equipped you to be a physical therapist. You know, he's equipped so many in this room. He's given you abilities and gifts. 
And within those places, you can minister not only the, the healing, but also the word of God. And even your very life will be an example to those all around you, even if you don't say a word. But hopefully you'll get to say and share words, to share the truth. But the Old Testament saints, they didn't have the wonderful privilege that you and I do. Meaning you and I in the New Testament church, we are indwelt by the Spirit of God. But the Old Testament saints, they were saved by grace as they look forward to the coming Messiah. We already look backward in time to Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection on the cross. And as a result of Jesus being glorified, we not only have the Spirit within us, but we also, at times, at the Lord's doing, the Spirit of God will come upon us, not for our own grandizement, but for his purposes. That's why there's no button that I have on my phone, or there's no way I can make God's Spirit come upon me at a certain time to accomplish something for him. I just got to be available. And then when I'm in the right spot, and I've had this happen to me a number of occasions in my life where I've, I've been in a, an office uh, waiting to go into a doctor. I remember you've heard the story about around 9-11 that happened to me. I'm sitting there, and everyone's just really wounded, and they're really hurting about what's going on. There's still a lot of, un, un, you know, really unsure. They're really unsure about a lot of things. And the Lord just had me stand up and start speaking to them and start telling them the gospel because <laughs> I could tell they were hurting. And the Lord's like, I'm going to use you to encourage them. And so it's important that we do that. But we have the Spirit of God in us. The Old Testament saints, you'll never read where the Spirit of God was in them like it is with us. But the Spirit of God did come upon them to accomplish certain things. You recall in Psalm 51, verses 10 and 11, what did David say in his wonderful psalm? He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But in the New Testament church, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And what he does, he does permanently. And the Spirit of God, when it indwells a person in the New Testament, the Lord doesn't leave. He doesn't leave. He takes up residence. That's what it means to be born again. We have a unique relationship with the Spirit of God that the Old Testament saints didn't have. They were still saved, they, they still went to heaven, but they, it was by faith in what God had told them was coming. They put their faith in God's word, and they were saved through that mechanism, through that way. We are saved, born again when the Spirit of God indwells us and we believe in Jesus. See, David knew, and he was aware that the Spirit of God came upon him at times, but was not permanent permanently upon him. That's why he would make a statement, do not take your Holy Spirit from me, because he was very much aware in his time and in his career where the Spirit of God came upon him, and there were other times that he was not upon him. And God empowers by his Spirit to accomplish his purposes. His purposes, not ours. It's always about what the Lord wants to do. That's why we can't manufacture it. We can't turn it on. We can't even fake it, neither should we. Again, I apologize for using myself as an example, but it's just something I remember uh, many years ago when I worked for Xerox. I remember talking. We were standing around a a machine, and I was talking to a couple of individuals, and I was facing this direction, and I I was talking to them about Jesus, and I was kind of, you know, speaking kind of in a loud voice like this. 
And, you know, and they were asking questions, and I was answering them, trying to, you know, answer them. And I just felt like the Lord was really there. I mean, it was just so obvious, uh, and I, I was like, I can't remember. I mean, all things were just flooding in in my mind that I, you know, it was amazing. And then, then uh, toward the end, I look back, and there's a crowd of people listening. And it's just the Lord. It's just the Lord when the Spirit of God comes upon you. And that happened with Peter on the day of Pentecost. He spoke words, but when God empowers those words, all of a sudden, everyone is listening. And that is the difference. One person who has got the, who's the, who's baptized with the Spirit, another one who is not, the same message can be given, and one is going to fall flat on the floor, and the other one's going to have 3,000 people giving their heart to Christ. That is the difference. And that's why it's so important that we ask every single day. I, I would encourage you to do that. Don't be afraid of the Spirit of God. It's okay to be possessed by the Spirit of God. That's kind of weird to say, weird way to say it, because when we think of being possessed by a spirit, we usually think of demon possession. But people who are possessed by demons don't have any control over themselves. But God doesn't take control over you. He gives you every opportunity. You know, you're not, you're not constrained in chains. But he empowers those words, and those words affect people and it, it just it, it's it's a mystery but it's something that god does and so saul also experienced the spirit coming upon him we see it here but we also going to are going to see it when we get to the 18th chapter it says now saul was afraid of david so we're looking forward now into the book of samuel when david becomes his minister and it says saul was afraid of david and why because the lord was with him but had departed from saul so the Spirit of God had departed from Saul, but was now upon David. And also, in the 28th chapter of Samuel, toward the end of uh, Saul's career, Saul consults a witch at Endor, if you remember. And it says, and, and basically, Saul was doing a seance with this witch, trying to bring up Samuel from the grave to get information because God wasn't speaking to Sam or wasn't speaking to Saul and Saul was getting so frustrated that he's willing to go over to the dark side to get information about the battle and what's going to happen because God had departed from him because Saul had turned his back on God and his rebellion we're going to see that with just in a few chapters we're going to see Saul just uh, being disobedient and not obeying the Lord but what does it say in 1 Samuel 28, beginning in verse 15? It says, So Samuel said to Saul, and this is where the, uh, he's trying to bring him up from the grave. Remember, Saul had, uh, Samuel had died by this point. So Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And there, there they are before this witch. And Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me. Notice, he, in his own admission, God has departed from me. And does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Isn't it interesting? If God's not going to answer you, why would you go to somebody else? There's so many things wrong with this. Samuel is dead. And Saul is willing to talk to Samuel because God's not speaking. And it's only by God's grace that he allowed Samuel to even share what was shared here. Because notice what he said. Then Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? So Saul recognizes 
Spirit of God is not with me. He's not upon me. And a man who doesn't have the Spirit of God on him, and he's in a position of leadership, he becomes desperate. And naturally so. But he never examined his own heart and said, you know, instead of turning from his rebellion, turning from his self-will, turning from his timidity and asking God to empower him, instead of that, he consults a witch whom he had outlawed, by the way. So now he's going to a woman who's scared to death when she sees him, thinking that she's going to be put to death once he gets the answer that he wants. And we see this, the Spirit of God coming upon Old Testament believers. We see it in First Chronicles chapter 12. It says, The Spirit of God came upon Amasiah, the chief of the captains. We see it in Numbers chapter 24. The Spirit of God coming upon a false prophet by the name of Balaam. Remember Balaam? In Numbers 24 it says, Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go out as at other times to seek the use of sorcery, but he set his face toward the wilderness, and Balaam raised his eyes, saw Israel encamped according to their tribes, and notice, and the Spirit of God came upon him. It didn't come in him, it came upon him. So the Old Testament believers, they had this ability, you know, that God came upon them. He didn't indwell them like you and I. And I'll prove that in a minute. But the Spirit of God also came upon other judges of the Old Testament. We see Othniel in Judges 3, verse 10. We see the Spirit of the Lord coming upon Gideon in Judges chapter 6, verse 34. We see the Spirit of the Lord coming upon Jephthah in chapter 11, verse 29. And also in Samson. This unlikely character who was completely given over to the flesh and not really a good example at all, we find that the Spirit of God came upon him at least four different times. We see it in Judges 13, verse 25, chapter 14, verse 6. We see it in chapter 14, verse 19, and finally in chapter 15, verse 14. So the Spirit of God coming upon them. And why did he come upon them? Remember the last thing that happened with Samson? He says, Lord, just this once, just this once, as he was, eyes were gouged out, as he, was, he became sport for the Philistines. And he put his hands on those pillars, and he says, just this once. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he was able to push those pillars, and the whole entire roof caved in. People were on top, people were down below. About 3,000 people were killed of the Philistines, and he ended his own life. But now we go to the New Testament. In John chapter 7, we see that Jesus speaks of the promise of the Holy Spirit. In John 7, verse 37, it says this, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And notice the commentary here in verse 39 of chapter 7. It says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Spirit of God had not been given in the sense of indwelling or coming upon the New Testament believer at that time because Jesus had not been glorified. And when was Jesus glorified? Certainly at his resurrection and certainly at his ascension. And what do we find 
in John chapter 20. We're going to read it in just a few minutes, but I'll just give you the, the reference now. In John chapter 20, verse 22, after the, his resurrection, the very evening of his resurrection, what does he do? Remember, he, the, the, the disciples are gathered in the upper room, and they're, they're there for fear. And Jesus appears before them when the doors were locked. And what does he tell them? It says that he breathed on them, and for the first time they received the Holy Spirit. Were they saved prior to that? Absolutely. But did they have the Spirit of God indwelling them? I don't believe until this point. Because he breathed on them, and they received the Spirit of God into them. Now they were first members of the church with the Spirit of God in them. And what about 40 days after that, when he, right before he ascended? So after his ascension, excuse me, after his ascension, on the day of Pentecost, what do we see in Acts chapter 2? The Spirit of God coming upon the believers. You can read that in Acts chapter 2. You all know it. You've heard of it. But the cloven uh, tongues of fire on each of them, and they were, em- they were empowered, weren't they, to speak. They were given boldness to go out and to speak to all the pilgrims who were in Jerusalem at that time. They had power, and that was the purpose of it. The baptism of the Spirit of God came upon them for a specific purpose, not just to entertain them. In fact, it was not to entertain them at all. The Spirit of God came upon them, and it was a promise that God had made prophesied all the way back in Joel chapter 2. And so God came upon them. He breathed on them. And then after the, the day of the resurrection, then after his ascension on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God had come upon them. And now Jesus was glorified. Now the Spirit of God was poured out. And we see this threefold work of the Holy Spirit with you. You've heard, maybe you've heard this before. I'm sure you have. You've been here at any length of time. There's three different relationships we have with the Spirit of God. He's walking with you, which is the Greek word para. He's in you, which is the Greek word en or en. And then upon you, epi. Okay? And so in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon them. But in the New Testament, the Spirit of God comes into us and also upon us. If you look with me at John chapter 14, this is what Jesus said. Remember, Chapters 13 through 17 of John are really what uh, was recorded while they were in that upper room the night of the Last Supper. And what does it say in John chapter 14? As Jesus is there with his disciples, he says, If you love me, this is verse 15, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. And whom the, world, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, and notice this, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Notice, Jesus spoke of two different re- relationships that we have with the Spirit. He told them, he's with you guys right now, because I'm with you. He's with you. He's coming alongside of you. That's what the word means. Um, with is para. He's, he's coming alongside of you. He's wooing you, if you will. Do you remember before you were saved, the Spirit of God wooing you? He did. That's what brought you to faith. I remember those days. I didn't care to know him. Somebody had shared the gospel with me many times, prayed for me. 
And I knew the Spirit of God came alongside of me so many times, and I rejected him, I rejected him, I rejected him. But there came a time when I said yes. Actually, he just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, and he came in me. And there's the other relationship. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.